Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. We are back once again here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio, as well as iHeartRadio, Spotify, and any other network that happens to carry the show. And I may sound a little bit like I'm exhausted or out of breath, but it's for a good reason. I mean, talk about excitement. You know, I do a lot of different episodes here to have themes and have uh, different, like, just topics. I don't like to just stay on one thing because it's sports. There's so many different layers to it. With that being said, this week I had the fortune to uh, cover WWE SummerSlam week. And at first I thought it would be just a weekend because they do NXT on uh, Saturday and they have um, SummerSlam Sunday, then Monday and then Tuesday, you know, we're on SmackDown. But uh, I got to give WWE a lot of credit because I learned a lot. I learned about all the different events that they throw when they go to different cities. I mean, obviously for their big pay-per-views like SummerSlam, uh, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, they they pretty much do the works. They had superstars everywhere, all over Brooklyn, and it was really cool to just be a part of that. So one of the things that I just had to bring up in just the whole process of of just following all the different superstars in terms of where they were going and and who they were talking to. You got to um, just understand what they actually are are as people and how they have to be able to get these quick turnarounds to be at different places. And what I mean by quick turnarounds, I'm talking about doing a episode of Monday Night, Monday Night Raw, which ends around, I'll say, 11.30 p.m. Eastern time, and then having to get on a plane or you know, drive. Obviously, everyone's seen the WWE Network show right along when they actually drive to different places and different hotels. They have to be on the road all the time. And it's interesting because you can have an appearance the very next morning at 9 a.m. and they still have to always be in character and just be ready to go meeting people and greeting people. And I was fortunate enough to meet up with these guys during a visit at the uh, Brooklyn Hospital Center and uh, just to really be able to talk to them because they they took the time right after Monday Night Raw. uh, And it's I'm a fan. So obviously I've I've been following and I watch and I see how they were able to transition into this. There was Alexa Bliss, Apollo, uh, Titus O'Neil and uh, Dana Warrior. As everyone knows, Dana Warrior, the uh, the widow of uh, the late great, the ultimate warrior. She was there as well, and uh, they joined up with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Joe Harris and um, Jared Allen were also there to uh, just show support for the children there in the hospital that were dealing with different ailments. And uh, it was a really cool event, and I always love it when you see professional athletes, whether it is sports entertainment, the NBA, NFL, whatever. They uh, spend time with the kids and and to see it firsthand and see they genuinely do spend that time and, and just talk to them. And that was one of the biggest questions I asked each person there. I asked all all the people I just named um, just their thoughts on just doing the event and uh, their own personal experiences, their own motivation to becoming, you know, the superstars that they are. And uh, I just loved I loved the way they were able to, like, just make that happen. And even, um, you know, even with the WWE guys, cause like I said, this was mostly a WWE based uh, episode, uh, just talking to them about SummerSlam and just the plans and what they, you know, what they see happening. It was just a really cool 
uh, cool time there. I, I really enjoyed that. So uh, shout out to WWE. Shout out to uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets has always continued to work hard in Brooklyn and uh, spreading the name out there and and just getting to know uh, the community. I, I really do appreciate that. Uh, I do want to say um, when I do, you know, play back the uh, interview audio, Titus O'Neil. Now, this guy, everyone always hears about the stuff he does in the community and, you know, uh, giving kids opportunities at school supplies or even uh, he had, I believe, a couple thousand kids to see Black Panther in a movie theater. He uh, he just has an endless love for helping people. And he really he showed all of it. He expressed all of it in the interview with me. Um, I remember just asking him a simple question and. He went so deep into detail as to why he does these things, about the platform, about WWE, what he uses with it. I just thought it was very powerful. It was a very strong statement. And as everyone knows, Titus has been very vocal when it comes to things regarding Hulk Hogan being let back into the Hall of Fame. He uh, shared his thoughts on that. And I do respect Titus. He's a very well-respected guy, and he should be for what he's done um, in the ring and outside the ring. So... Just a really cool moment. I can't wait for you guys to hear that one, along with Alexa Bliss. And, you know, I already teased some of the Alexa Bliss one with her and her match with uh, Ronda Rousey and how she just stayed in character in regards to it. Yeah, she was really, really cool in person, very nice person. I really enjoyed that interview with her. And I'm going to play that. And I'm going to talk about some uh, some, some SummerSlam, some uh, NXT, because I definitely was there for NXT. I watched SummerSlam. I was there for Raw and SmackDown. I, I'm i going to just stay with uh, talking about NXT and SummerSlam because Raw and SmackDown is their shows. We get it. Now, NXT was, you knew going in it was going to be good. Every takeover Brooklyn has been amazing. It has been memorable. They've always given it its own little uh, spin on things. But the matchups and how they lived up to all the hype is just amazing to me. The match of the night, and this was tough. To, it was tough to call because every match was really good, but the match of the night was Ricochet and Adam Cole. I mean, it was just I. I just don't even know how to how to even break it down. Anybody could have gone either way with that one. I was really impressed by the way both uh, both competitors just hit their spots. It was just amazing spots. Ricochet is not of this world. Some of the moves he was making, and from what I heard, he wasn't 100%. He was actually injured during this match. And he put on some of the craziest moves I've ever seen. And I got to get my tip my hat to these guys. They just know how to, to keep a crowd into it and just keep us entertained because I had no... I just never thought that it could get down to that point. So such a great job. Uh, also, just taking a uh, another look at another match, the Velveteen Dream is so over. And what I mean by over, the guy is the name in NXT. And not because of just being like a good athlete, but his persona. People want to hear him talk. People just want to see him do his theatrics. And he had the Brooklyn crowd in his hand. And I remember seeing him last year on the pre-show for, uh, for NXT uh, TakeOver Brooklyn last year. He was on the pre-show for it. He didn't get much of a reaction. People just thought he was weird. Now he comes out there, that music hits, and automatically, man, they are going nuts for him. I'm telling you, they go crazy for the Velveteen Dream. 
Um, you know, Undisputed Era, of course. The man Mustache Mountain had an amazing match. The main event, let me just let me jump to the two main event matches. You had the women's match with Shayna Baszler uh, and Kyrie Sane, and uh, Kyrie Sane picking up the win. I love the way they did it because Kyrie Sane, you know, she was technically the challenger, the underdog. She was able to win on a simple roll up. And the way she did the roll up was it was reversing uh, Baszler's own reverse. So it was just a technical way of winning that made Baszler look, continue to look strong and also showed Sane was such a great technical wrestler. I, I just love that ending. It, it made everyone look good. Obviously, Sane looked better because she became the champion. It was very unexpected. It was so well done. It's just that's just great writing and great drama now moving forward, especially with the with the Mae Young Classic Part Two coming up. Those two fought in the uh, original Mae Young Classic uh, Evolution. It's just so much. You you have a storyline that can continue on and on. Such a great job by uh, anybody, everybody in NXT with that one. But here's what we got a little controversy. Here, here we got a little crazy right here. We got to talk about. The fact that the main event was supposed to be a triple threat. Aleister Black got injured and they're doing the whole storyline right now saying that he's, um, you know, he was attacked by this unknown assailant. They're trying to find out who it is, surveillance videos, etc. It's really cool and all. But we are now we had to see uh, Johnny Wrestling and Tommaso Ciampa part three. This time, a last man standing match. And the match, for the most part, was amazing, as you expected from the guys. It was brutal. It was some high stunts. It was some high spots. And they hit them all, except for the end, which to me just, I I didn't like it. I I just thought it was very cheesy for such a great match to end on Gargano hurting himself and basically knocking himself out of the match after having uh, Ciampa, you know, handcuffed. And dead the rights. I, I just, it was just, it was just a surprise for me for an ending. And I heard it was the rumors that they had to change it because of a legit injury from Gargano. But it was different. I, I don't know how to really take from it. I think Tommaso Ciampa is probably the best heel in wrestling right now. You know, you cannot listen. He's got. He took what Randy Orton was when Randy Orton was the the apex predator of Viper in his prime. It took it to another level. I, I love what Tommaso Ciampa is. Uh, it was a great match. Like I said, the event itself, I, man, they, they don't miss when it comes to TakeOver. They tear it up every single time. SummerSlam was good. I love the matches that were going on there. Um, I'm, there were so many matches, first of all. I'm just going to give the, uh, the big two, which was the Raw, um, championships, basically. They, they kind of made that the big deal. Even though I thought AJ Styles, Samoa Joe should have closed the show. It was a great match. I thought the women's SmackDown match was really good. Becky Lynch turning heel. Loved every minute of that. Thought it was amazing. Uh, but, you know, the big storylines were going to be from Raw, where Ronda Rousey beating Alexa Bliss. And then also having uh, Brock Lesnar finally falling in a main event to Roman Reigns. And the way they set it up, they kind of made it seem like Brock was distracted most of the time. They didn't want it to just be like a super clean victory for Roman Reigns. There had to be some type of controversy. There had to be some type of confusion or or distraction with Braun Strowman coming out saying that he'll challenge the winner and, you know, put up his money in the bank briefcase. Thought it was cool. Thought it was different. So, uh, like I said, it was clever writing from WWE. I enjoyed it. I'm going to play some of, my, some of the highlights, some of the audio from it. Uh, I thought it was really cool. 
Um, also, just uh, different things from uh, you know the week. Like I said, it was different meet and greets going on. I'm gonna put it out there, okay? I was really excited to be not only you know a professional journalist covering the event, but to be a fan because I got to meet one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, the current WWE World Heavyweight Champion AJ Styles, and I got to ask him one simple question. Now, I'm going to play the audio, guys. It's not an interview. I'm not going to call it an interview. That's why when I made the post promoting it, I just said I got to talk to him because I did get to talk to him. And the only thing I could think of for some reason as I was talking to him was, um, you know, I saw you at the Yankee game. That's the only thing I could think of. And he was like, oh, cool. You know, I'm going to play the audio. It's not long. So, guys, don't, you know, don't expect you're going to hear a Pulitzer work here. That's just me having a conversation with AJ Styles. I'll play a little bit of, a little bit of it. Uh, but the rest of them, you do. There are a bunch of interviews that y'all gonna hear about the people I just named from the hospital visit, and uh, I really do hope you guys enjoy it. But before we go to break, I am gonna play those special highlights from NXT Takeover Brooklyn, and you guys can hear the great Mauro Ronaldo as he screams his way through the main event, which was Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano. You're listening to Sports Social with Edison Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. The following contest is a last man standing match. I shudder to think of the brutality that we are about to witness. They gave Champa the opportunity to beat Black for the title and allow... Johnny Gargano! And he made retributions for it. That's what it's about. Oh, Luke, any of those rivalries have anything. Great takeover. They're closing the show. And put each other through. Oh! And won by a handcuff. Tommaso Ciampa. And now here. Of Gargano. The sadistic. now. Gargano and Ciampa. Ciampa. This is about to get up after being driven through the table by a champa and best friends cannot be measured in this last man standing ball. There is no doubt he is the most dangerous man in it. Gargano looking for the London instead. Champa counters it. Gargano Ooh. beginning to fade. Ah. Cut off that carotid artery to the brain. Gargano just. And that's in deep now. Gargano's legs, though, they're moving. And if they're moving, then through the table. Oh, wait a second. And now Gargano with yeah. the London Look at this. Face first. Gargano playing the The venom. Enveloping the visage of Johnny Gar- Gargano wants to suplex Ciampa through those Standing tables. switch by Ciampa. Oh! German suplex. History is written by the winners. Oh, arm down it. That's exposed concrete. Oh. It's hard to watch. I can't imagine oh! how it feels to in portion trying to rally. Johnny Gargano. Oh, oh! make it two in a. Johnny Gargano's wedding. 
Oh, the roll up. Oh, what a what? It's incredible. Can count out either champ or gun. It's obvious not all superheroes wear capes. Standing match between the first. first. Champa getting to his feet first. The human. Oh, super kick by Gargano. And again, Gargano. Oh, Don't do this. Don't do this. Come on. My God. This is more than just about the most intense rivalry in NXT. It just continues to fuel the conflagration. Champa just oh. using whatever is that. Killing those wooden boards. But for now, it's Champa. Oh. Wondering what's down! No, he has the upper hand now. Champa saying bye bye. Oh, the referee reaches the count of seven. Can't get up. Are we going to crown a new level of ring? Just to watch this superstar. You expect anything left between them? Gargano, oh my god, no, Champa, handcuffed to Maso Champa again. The edit, a handful of Champa. Johnny Gargano's career, but there's no defeat. Champa staring up at Gargano. And now it's Gargano. This person, Champa. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Holy count is up to six. And after a brutal last man standing match, what both of these men were willing to do to secure a victory, and now a last man standing match that, well, results in. Remains NXT now. champion, right, right, but what about the future? As an announcer, you want to remain biased, but Nigel is a fan. iHeartRadio now combines your favorite radio stations, plus your on-demand music collection, all in one app iHeartRadio All Access now allows you to take your music collection offline to listen anywhere without a connection or using data. From the My Music Pivot, tap on a playlist you want to take offline. Toggle to Offline. Indicators will fill in seconds, showing when your tracks and playlists are available offline. Radio plus unlimited music all in one app. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go, fish that. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. 
Sports Social Show with Eddie Stajir. We are back. And I had to bring the guy back. He is the expert when it comes to wrestling, whether it's WWE, TNA, or New Japan. I got Mr. Lincoln Ricketts on the line. Lincoln, how's it going, man? Um, I'm good, man. How you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. And obviously, it's SummerSlam week. I've been, like, running around all crazy, you know, talking to some of your favorite superstars and just fans alike. And I, I just wanted to come to you and actually get a ranking of your top five SummerSlams of all time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I'm not going to go by what uh, the normal people, like, what uh, what is the best. Well, I'm going by my favorite, the one that captured me the most. It may okay. rub people the wrong way, but, hey, who cares? <laughs> so, uh, number five, I'm going to go with uh, SummerSlam 2008. Uh, the only reason why is because it had, even though it had Triple H versus the Great Khali, which no one really cared for at all, um, it had John Cena versus Batista, which is, at the time, the two biggest names uh, for wrestling at the time. And, you know, one came from SmackDown, came from Raw, and then he switched, but they were the two who give the years of their campaign, and they met at... Uh, SummerSlam, which was a pretty good match. And the thing is, like, it was the ending of the Ruthless Aggression era. You know, this is when CM Punk is becoming uh, right. a household name, right. being John Bradshaw Layfield. And I, I put that as number five. Number okay. four. Number four is, I have to put this in here. I know it's not the greatest, but SummerSlam 2015. Uh, you had, obviously, the greatest fit to ever be worn by a man, but Seth Rollins winning United States champion uh, championship from John Cena, and he already was, was the WWE champion. Was that the John Stewart match? Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Are you gonna count yep. that? Yep. Yes, okay. I am. Uh, besides right, that ending, going. besides that ending, that was like a near classic match, even though it was so stupid to have him like do it. But the whole theatrics of it, of you know, him wearing that outfit, having a great match with John Cena, the, all the moves they pulled out. And still, and became becoming a two-time champion. I mean, a, a dual champion holding the United States belt and the WWE belt. Um, but also had sneaky matches like Kevin Owens versus The Sorrow. Um, you had Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns against the Wright family, and then uh, who can forget Neville and Stephen Amell versus King Baron Stardust? I can't. I'm just saying. I'm disappointed um, that you would go to that match as a wow. Reason. Wow, why not, man? It was Stephen Amell that actually turned people's heads. Like, oh, he actually wants to wrestle and actually, you know. And also oh, had the, uh, Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar, which had a weird ending, but it was still an exciting match. It also had one of the worst matches with the uh, the team PCB versus the, you know, like the, the Divas. I mean, that was that. It's already erasing my brain. It's already erasing my brain. <laughs> I, I don't, uh, I don't care about that at all. By far. Um, then up next, number three is uh, 98. You had uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Undertaker. Here's a time where Triple H, this is my favorite Triple H. Uh, a lot of people love the game Triple H, which is like the evolution. A lot of people, you know, like the, from the, the 2000 era Triple H. My favorite Triple H is the DX, the Shawn Michaels second in hand uh, Triple H. The, the one who wasn't pushed to the moon, you know, the one that was icy title holder when he defeated the Rock right. in the uh, ladder match for the uh, IC title. Uh, of course, you had Ken Shamrock still going off in that, those days. You had uh, the New Age Outlaws defeating Mankind to win the WWE champ- Championship. I was intrigued by that because it was supposed to be Mankind and Kane. Kane wasn't there. But overall, I think that was one of my favorite ones because I remember that as a kid, you know, seeing Stone Cold defeat 
you know, the Undertaker, the one who's always un, un, unbeatable in many eyes. Okay. Uh, and then we go into my final two, and it, it was it was hard to pick it, right? But I'm it was either between 2002 or 2011 to add into the to the mix. I'm thinking like one is gonna get scrapped off. So what I'm gonna say is I'm gonna pick 2002 because this is when I was starting to get tired of The Rock. And as a kid, I don't know about booking and stuff like that. I'm just watching it just to watch it. I'm 13 at the time. And to see Brock Lesnar defeat The Rock so easily, so great like that, I was like, okay, I'm loving this. Shawn Michaels defeating Triple H, and I believe in the street fight, if I'm not mistaken. Right, um, right. You had Rob Van back, Dam. Right? Yeah, you had Rob Van Dam defeating um, Chris Benoit to win the IC title. You know, and that was a great match. I, I mean... It was a hard-hitting match, but it was a great match. And all in total, I wanted, you know, oh, it had Kurt Angle versus Rey Mysterio, which was a classic, as versus uh, Eddie Guerrero. If you want to look at it, you can look at this as a really uh, well-wrestled um, SummerSlam. You know, it had a few little gimmick matches here and there, but overall, it was a great match to, I mean, great SummerSlam to watch as matches was unfolding. And I think Stone Cold left around that time, so they were wondering, like, how it was going to pick up, and it, it picked up immensely. And then uh, the final one, it should be easy. SummerSlam 2018, um, 2013. Ooh, I'm going to the future mm-hmm. on that one. 2013. I mean, who can forget this, the classic of Daniel Bryan versus John Cena? Yeah. Like, that was mm-hmm. the start of the WrestleMania 30, the whole buildup with Daniel Bryan, with Randy Orton coming at the end as Daniel Bryan was uh, betrayed by Triple H. Randy Orton giving the RKO, winning the title from him, you know, with the money in the bank briefcase. Brock Lesnar versus CM Punk. Like, that's another match that could have main evented the show, which was amazing. And a lot of people thought that CM Punk was going to win, including myself. But Brock Lesnar winning, I mean, a lot of people were, like, kind of skeptical on it. But no matter who won, it was going to be a great outcome out of it. Um, of course, Bray Wyatt versus uh, Kane in the Ring of Fire match. You had Upper the Rio defeating Christian, which was actually a pretty good match on, on its standards with uh, the two combatants. And, of course, you know, J- Dolph Ziggler and K- and Caitlin defeating Big E and uh, AJ Lee, which actually was an entertaining match. Did you which really was so go weird. The yeah, mixed I did, tag I match? That. Yeah, because it was actually pretty good. I was weird that it wasn't going to be. Man. I... Okay, really so... that was the weakest. Oh, here's the thing. If that was the weakest match on the card, then that card is pretty good. That's what I'm saying. It had three classic matches. Well, two classic with the rest of them being very well um, put together. Okay, well. Two five-star I, matches. I do like that. No, I do like that pay-per-view a lot. I'm not going to lie. So that, that's your top five. And it's a very respectable top five. It seems it's, it's, it's very heavy on the, the, the you know, after 2000 era. You know, it seems yeah, like because really what you want me to put ninety one with uh, Macho Man? <laughs> uh, yeah, like come on, man. Look, look, I fell in love with wrestling. Like, fell in love with actually like being interested in it. I'm not interested, but being like a full on fan in the ruthless aggression era. I was there for the Attitude Era. Like, I remember the Attitude Era. I remember even like SummerSlams and WrestleManias and all Rumbles from that era. But I was a major fan of the Ruthless Aggression era and the later times. So I'm going to pick the ones that I felt like, because I, I, when you asked me to do this, I watched 
you know, a couple of them on uh, the WWE Network. And I'm like, right. I still don't feel the same way as I did when I first watched the other SummerSlams that I mentioned. Okay. You know, it, look, like I said, I'm not going to knock it. I actually like the fact you gave a real opinion as to why, but I'm going to throw my honorable mention in there, okay? Mm-hmm. My honorable mention goes to 1994 SummerSlam. Because that was Undertaker versus Undertaker match. Which one was the real Are you serious? Okay, you're, yes. you're telling me. You're telling me one of the worst SummerSlams, and you're saying that the Undertaker is the Undertaker. That's the reason why. And you're talking about me talking about Dolph Ziggler and Caitlyn versus AJ Lee and Big E's the problem. But you just said the Undertaker yeah, versus the Undertaker. Because from 1994, that was a big deal. They even had it hosted by, um, by Leslie Nielsen hosted it. It was like the Naked Gun. They were doing that whole thing about let's find the Undertaker. That was a big deal back then. Uh, Macho Man was on commentary. Come on, man. Uh, just talk about <laughs> Razor Ramon or something, but not not Undertaker. <laughs> Undertaker. Hey, but well, honestly, Lincoln, like, thank you very much. I appreciate no your problem, list. No problem. And we're gonna use that, and I'm gonna compare it to uh, another person's list, and we're gonna see if they have some of the older stuff in there. So I kind of like the old dynamic. No problem, <laughs> man. All right, man. Yeah, I'm giving the young man's the young man's perspective. Yes. That's exactly what you did. <laughs> All right. Take care. All right, man. Match day is no ordinary day. The pitch. Hallowed ground for players and supporters alike. Excitement builds. Game plans are made with responsibility in mind. Celebrations are underway. Ready for kickoff. MLS clubs and our supporters rise to the challenge. We make responsible decisions while we cheer on our heroes and toast their success. Elevate your match day experience. If you drink, never drive. All right, so I'm here with Khadijah from Crown Heights, and you're actually an amateur wrestler, correct? Yeah. Okay, and you're here to see Sasha Banks? Yeah, that's my girl. Okay, so um, are you going to ask her for some tips or something? Because now it looks like you're heading towards that professional realm. Yeah, I will, for sure. I'll try to see if I can sneak in a couple questions for her and give her a letter that I wrote her. Okay, what, do you want to share what you wrote in the letter, or is that a secret? It's just like thanking her for being an inspiration, a great role model to me, and telling her a little bit about my story, and sneaking my Instagram in there too. Okay. Well, if you want to share a small part of your story and your Instagram with everybody. Wow. Uh, yeah, um, so I started wrestling my freshman year with, in high school with the guys. So, yeah, so I went from guys to girls, and it really helps a lot um, wrestling guys. It makes you kick ass in the girls' season. And my whole freshman year was not good because I was so new to the sport. But by my sophomore year, I started to improve a lot. And a lot of people started to like recognize me for that. And I was really grateful for that. But by towards the end of my sophomore year, I got injured. I fractured my collarbone in one of like the biggest tournaments towards the end of the girls' season. Like in the first 20 seconds of the match. And I got pulled out of the tournament. It's a two-day tournament. And then towards my junior year, I was fully recovered for going back on the mat. And then after getting one practice in, I got into a car accident and broke my leg and I was out for the entire year. I was so devastated. But then I came back my senior year, I was so motivated. And I went to all the tournaments with all the guys and all the tournaments, all the girls. And then towards the end of the girls' season, I ended up getting ranked third in the city at the city championships. So I was really grateful for that. That's really cool. Wow, that's, 
That's really cool. Third in the city? Yeah. Jeez. In my weight class. In your weight class? Okay, well, still, that's third in the city. You know, it's New York City. But um, I wish you the best of luck, and hopefully Sasha, you know, gives you some nice words of advice. Thank you. <laughs> okay, I'm here with Netsetter Jared Allen. And Jared, how did it feel just uh, meeting with the kids here at the Brooklyn Center Hospital? It felt amazing. You could tell they're going through something, and when we come in, us and the WWE people, you can see their faces light up and just see us bringing smiles to them. Okay, and um, in terms of yourself, because obviously you're speaking with kids, what was your motivation just growing up and, you know, obviously eventually becoming an NBA star? Right. Oh, I just love the sport. I just like playing it with my friends, with my brother, and then eventually it just grew into something bigger, and I just wanted to pursue it from then. Okay, and um, like I said, you guys were just working with the WWE guys. Were you a WWE fan coming up? Like, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> I, you know, I'd be on uh, CW for kids in the morning, but I'd always turn it to Pokemon or something. Okay, I respect that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, last question. Um, what are your thoughts heading into the new season? Uh, I'm excited. There's a lot, of things, a lot of things to look forward to. It's going to be interesting because we really replaced almost half of our roster. But there's a lot of positive things going into it, so I'm excited. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Here with Joe Harris and uh, Joe, I gotta ask you, uh, how's it feel to be at an event like this and um, giving back to the kids and mm -hmm. just seeing them here at the hospital? Yeah, it's um, you know it's a special event for us. Um, obviously, you know the, the circumstances are unfortunate for for the kids and their families, but you know Jared and I and the WWE wrestlers are just here to you know try and you know lift up the spirits of everybody that um, you know is in these circumstances and if we can just bring any sort of positive energy or positive thoughts then you know that's that's what we're here for and obviously you guys are here inspiring the kids that that are here mm -hmm. um, what was your motivation growing up to eventually become the NBA star that you are yeah I mean I grew up obviously had a lot of role models especially basketball but I was I was a sports fan in general you know I love football basketball baseball had a lot of um, people that I kind of idolized, looked up to, and, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, you, you don't have to know your mentors in order for them to be your mentors, so whenever you have somebody that, um, you know, represents what, what you want to be about, I think it's important to try and, um, you know, kind of follow them, and, you know, you never know what could happen, but overall, I think, you know, if you're following the right kind of people, you know, it's going to ultimately make you a better person, that's what, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Now, you mentioned uh, working with WWE. Were you a WWE fan growing up or still are right now? Um, I'd say I'm, I'm a casual fan, but I definitely follow it. Um, that's why it's pretty cool for us to come in here, um, you know, to see Alexa. I think she's the reigning champ right now in the women's yeah. division, um, which is pretty cool. Um, and Titus and Apollo, it's, it's, it's fun to come in here and see you guys that, you know, we, we watch from afar. Um, yeah, but definitely, yeah, I... Uh, I know that there's the events going on this weekend. I'm going to try and make my way over at least hopefully maybe Saturday or Sunday um, mm -hmm. this weekend to try and check out some of the, the WWE stuff. Okay, and um, my last question, just obviously going into next season, mm -hmm. what are your hopes for uh, next year with the, some new pieces to the team? Yeah, we definitely have a lot of new pieces on the team, but I think um, – you know, just being around everybody so far this off season, and although it's you know so relatively young, I think we have a lot of reasons to be optimistic. Um, you know, we if anything, we have an extremely competitive group, and I think a lot of our younger players um, are going to make significant jumps. And uh, you know, I, I know that I'm really excited for the season to get going, and I know everybody else is. And you know, I'm not going to go out here guaranteeing anything that's going to happen, but I know that we're going to come out and uh, compete every single night.
Okay. Thank you very much. Cool. Hi, Dana. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I just want to know, like, uh, how do you feel always, like, doing these community events and just uh, meeting children and inspiring them? Like, how does it feel to do it each time? I think that it's the greatest part of my life, to be honest with you. I have my two daughters that I uh, are the loves of my life, but being able to give back to a community that we come in and we do these incredible shows, but having the opportunity to meet the kids, look them in the eyes, talk to them, hopefully put a smile on their face because that is our mission at WWE is to put smiles on people's faces. The truth of the matter is we leave and the smiles are on ours. It's, I'm always moved by the stories. I'm always happy to meet the parents, have the opportunity to, to give them a hug and tell them, you know, I believe in, in you and I believe in this recovery and just be a little warrior in the fight. So it's a really, it's an honor. It's an, an absolute honor. And every year you always give out the Warrior Award. How does it feel every year to just meet another, another person going through a different type of situation and just presenting them with that award? I feel like the Warrior Award is, is bigger than all of us. I feel like it, it belongs to everybody. I feel like the fans of my husband, of the Ultimate Warrior, demanded it in a way, um, his return, and then it, so every single year there's somebody, their spirit deserves to be acknowledged. And I'm so grateful to WWE that they have created something that does acknowledge a different kind of warrior each year and exemplifies that kind of perseverance and that kind of spirit. So when I am humbled that I get to stand on the stage with somebody that I admire and, and get to meet and my children get to watch in their father's name, something so incredible will be done. So it's an honor. And obviously you guys are going to be spending a lot of days here in Brooklyn. Yes. Um, what can fans expect just from WWE in general? Oh, expect the unexpected from the WWE, right? Every time we come to Brooklyn, I, I, I really feel like it's such an incredible fit. The energy of the city and the, the hope and the electricity, and I think WWE matches it. So I think that we're, we're all around the city. I think that fans should get out and get their tickets, come to all of the events that they possibly can, meet our superstars, because bar none, our superstars, are the greatest athletes. There's no off-season for what it is that they do. They're the greatest athletes, and they're also the kindest people. Our fans will not be disappointed if they come and they see what our athletes are up to. So join us. Definitely. I appreciate that. All right. How does it feel to come and do events like this you know, for charity and helping out the community? Oh, this is the awesome part to me. Like, we're on a, we get to perform in front of thousands of people travel around the world, you know, uh, we get stopped in airports frequently, uh, in gyms, wherever at, people recognize us, but to come in here and visit, you know, children who, and essentially make their day, you know what I mean, and, and essentially they make our day as well, this is what, this is the, the, the best part about doing what we do, you know, we're on a platform where we can influence a lot, and um, I mean, it just humbles you, you know what I mean? And it, to see kids in the position that they're in, smiling and, and having a good time, and for a second just take their mind off whatever the, it is they're going through, that makes our day and that means the world to us. And me personally, I know for sure. And, uh, I'm sure the rest of us too, but uh, it's always an honor to come and be able to do something like this. And as a kid, you know, growing up, obviously, you're a professional wrestler, superstar. Um, what was your like motivation to help get, get you to this point that you could help share for like the kids, the kids today? Well, for me, I think as the fact that everyone was telling me I couldn't do it, and I took that as uh, my motivation. I used that as motivation, and I, I turned it around and said, okay, well, not only am I going to do it for myself, but I'm going to prove everybody wrong. And at one point, I was doing it to prove everybody wrong, and then I realized, you know what? 
it doesn't matter what they think. This is just for me. This is, I'm going to live my, my dream. I'm going to chase my dream. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to put all my passion into it. And I won't quit until I make it. So, you know, my advice is no matter what anybody says, no matter what anybody thinks, you chase a dream, you have a dream, you protect it with your heart, keep it close to you, and you do anything you can to achieve it. And Apollo, you're one half of Titus Worldwide. Oh, yeah. So what can people expect during this uh, time here in Brooklyn? Oh, man, just entertainment, fun time. Uh, I, I got to catch up on sleep sometime, <laughs> maybe, but my... Uh, 14-month-old daughter will be coming in Thursday, so I don't see that happening anytime. But, uh, you know, just an all-around fun time. That's it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Here with the Raw Women's Champion, Alexa Bliss. Alexa, thank you for taking the time being here. And uh, how's it feel to come here and help out the community and just, uh, just spend time with the kids? Oh, it's amazing. You know, this is one of the things that I love about what we do. I love, you know, I love being in the ring and, you know, doing the promos, the matches. But this is really where we thrive. You know, people don't really understand how much we love to get back to the community and I love the hospital visits specifically because it's nice to you know try to take a child out of whatever situation they're in at least for a little bit and I know you know that helps with anything and I I, I love these visits more than probably I think it does more for me than it does the kids because that's that's what we what we thrive for is to be able to do this and get back as a kid uh, obviously now you're women's champion um, what was your motivation to make it to this level um, for me, I don't know, my motivation uh, to be successful, I guess, is just to make my parents proud. You know, my parents were very um, involved in my life and very had me involved in many sports and always kept me very active, and I guess I just wanted to show that, you know, I could be successful and, you know, with their guidance, and they've, they've done everything they can to, like, set up the best opportunities for me in life, and I just wanted all that to pay off. Now, Alexa, I know you have a huge championship match against Ronda Rousey, but uh, what can you let fans know to expect here in Brooklyn during this time here? Um, well, we're going to have WWE is basically taking over the city for the whole week. You know, we have NXT TakeOver, SummerSlam, Raw, and SmackDown. And yes, uh, SummerSlam, I am facing Ronda Rousey. Uh, I honestly, I just plan to show that she really is the overhyped rookie that, that I say she is. <laughs> okay, hey, I love the confidence. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm here with Titus O'Neill. Titus, thank you for taking the time to speak with me. And uh, I just got to ask you, like, how does it feel to come to come to a hospital and just meet with different kids and uh, just have them share stories with you? Uh, I mean, it's it's a blessing. You know, we 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 all have this platform within WWE that gives us an opportunity to reach millions via television all the time. Uh, but to actually be in a community and actually go into the hospitals and have a chance to have interaction with the people that are in that community that may or may not even be a fan, but to have the opportunity to put a smile on their face is, is a tremendous blessing, especially for many of us that come from humble beginnings anyway. It gives us uh, a sense of something so 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 much bigger than, and greater than wrestling. Um, wrestling is a very small part of being a WWE superstar, and uh, this is really what a being a WWE superstar is, because we want to motivate other people not only to be WWE superstars, to be, but be superstars in society, whether it be doctors, lawyers, attorneys, artists, whatever it may be. And some of these kids that we're 
prison and hospital have those aspirations of being in a position where they can give back and, and make a good living and things like that. And so hopefully uh, our presence uh, is giving them the hope and the outlook of like, hey, I can be that guy or I can be that young lady. And you do so much on your own for your own foundation. Um, what was your motivation growing up just uh, to give back to the community and just even become a WWE superstar that you would share for these kids today? Yeah, uh, well, I come from a single-parent home. My mother was raped at a very young age, uh, had me at uh, 11 years old, and uh, we grew up impoverished, and, and I was once labeled a kid that would be dead or in jail by the time I was 16. Got a chance to go to a place called the Florida Shares Boys Ranch, really turned my life around. And it, I always tell people that people invested in me when they had nothing to gain in return. And so for me, uh, when people ask me how, how do I make so much time to do so much stuff outside of, you know, work and play, uh, how, how, do, how do I make so much time to, to help other people? And I, my response is, is continuously uh, and consistently, like, how can I not? How can I not make time when people make time for me? How can I not invest in others when others invested in me? And they really had nothing to gain in return. I was an underperforming student, uh, didn't have a really good attitude, fought all the time. Definitely a kid that was probably headed to jail or dead by the time I was 16 had I kept going that path. But these people gave me an opportunity to see life in a different way. And there were people from all different walks of life. and. And that's what I try to inspire each and every day I get up is to give back um, and, and, fin and, and help out where I can to all people. Okay, my last quick question. Um, you're the head of Ties Worldwide, mm -hmm. so you guys are in Brooklyn. Yeah. Like, what should we expect from not only Ties Worldwide? But it's going to be a surprise. <laughs> you know, I, I'm working on some stuff and I hopefully it'll come to fruition. So mm -hmm. just tune in, whether it be on WWE Network, whether you come down to the Barclays Center, tune in because it's going to be something special. Definitely appreciate it. Thank right, you, Titus. Yes, How's it going, Andy? Good, man. How are you? Yeah. How did you care? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Were you at the game? Yeah, I was at there. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. Who are you looking at over here? Dustin, were you trying to take a picture of him? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Tim, the Anvil Nightheart, a WWE legend, passed away a car. With good reason, you're talking about the goddess of WWE. The reigning was... There's no more security. There's no more microphones, no more... Ronda Rousey! Alexa Bliss! Look, use Ronda Rousey. Exactly what Bliss is gonna try. Back. Ronda ready to go, and Alexa Bliss again looking to take a breather. You know, and in Ronda's career. And Bliss going to take advantage. Look at the look on Bliss's face. I'm a little surprised she took the bait. Oh! She's an overhyped rookie. Well, Bliss looks frightened to death. And Alexa oh! Bliss. Oh, nice first goes scared to death. Just oh, watch it. The judo throw. Again! Look at the arm. Oh, what? Alexa Bliss has to tap out. Ronda Rousey is the new Raw Women's Champion. With her. Raw power by Ronda.
Bliss immediately I'm saying if she performs like that, like what we just saw. Trailblazers of the uh, really a dream Corey she's had since she was a with her husband now. Her family's here, Travis. Universal Championship if he does not slay the beast tonight. Michael, I don't think there's any we know this that if Roman Reigns wants to Roman Reigns wants to win here tonight, that he already knows. Can you take this opportunity to climb the mountain? Boy, the damage that these two have done. Roman Reigns! It's Paul Heyman defending, defending Just a minute. Wait a minute. Braun Strowman. Is he going to cash it in? Everybody knows the history of this money in the bank contract. I am the monster among men. And good luck to you, Roman. And good luck to you, too. Please. Contract. Oh, oh. oh. in with a spear. Oh. Master. Reigns with a double spear. And Roman Reigns with a double oh. spear. Oh, no, but Lesnar. Roman Reigns back to his feet. Oh. Oh. Lesnar from locking his forearm in. Heyman yeah. screaming at ringside. Yeah, we Brock still got it locked in. Look at Roman. And again, I spot that. Focus on one another and can't worry about the monster in the back. Lesnar has wrist right next. Reigns went for the Superman punch. Go oh. to the German team. That's and right. Roman going to Suplex City. Third German Suplex in this time. Here comes Roman. Roman oh. suicide. Poking the monster with a And now Braun Strowman, though, grabbing the ankle. Lesnar and and now oh. slinging it a long way. He almost threw the, uh, and Reigns with a spear to the champion. Reigns did it, Roman The elation from Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, the big dog in front of a sold-out crowd at Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Roman Reigns changed the course of WWE at SummerSlam. I want to take the time to thank all my guests from the uh, WWE, Alexa Bliss, Apollo, Titus O'Neil, uh, Dana Warrior, also from the Brooklyn Nets, Jared Allen, Joe Harris, uh, even my conversation with AJ Styles, even though it was not an interview. I'm not calling that an interview. That is far from an interview. That was just me being a fan right there and just having a conversation with a guy that has always been my favorite superstar. All right. That's really what I'm going to call that. <laughs> Um, also, special thanks to Lincoln Ricketts, as always, for sharing his SummerSlam moments, his favorite SummerSlam uh, events. I still don't agree with that list. I still think the Undertaker versus Undertaker match deserves more love. I will fight for that for as long as I can. And um, I just want to thank everybody once again for listening and uh, sharing your thoughts on the show, as always, at Ed Easton Jr. on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, this is Sports Social with Eddie Sin Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio.